Clinical Issues by Mary Alice Minor Active Shooter Crisis Preparedness Question. A new staff member asked about our active shooter emergency plan. We realize that we do not have specific procedures beyond our general evacuation and barricade protocol. What is the definition of an active shooter, and how can healthcare facilities and perioperative personnel prepare? Answer. According to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, an active shooter, quote, is an individual actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a confined and populated area, end quote. This definition was developed to differentiate active shooter situations from other acts of violence that usually end when the perpetrator has achieved their goal of hurting a specific target. In active shooter situations, the perpetrator may not have a specific target, so the fatality rate may continue to rise until the perpetrator is stopped. Healthcare professionals should be trained and ready for this type of catastrophe. The plan for the perioperative suite should include provisions for responding to active shooter situations that arise outside the perioperative suite, as well as those that occur inside the perioperative suite, because procedural areas are often secured with locking doors and only authorized personnel have access. Awareness, reporting, and investigation of suspicious activity, see sidebar 1, are important steps in active shooter preparedness plans. When an active shooter situation is identified, the first step is to accept that the scenario is occurring and, if possible, evacuate all personnel and patients. However, some organizations' policies and procedures may include a, quote, continue, wait, or abort, end quote, protocol, specifically for the perioperative suite. If the threat is not imminent, perioperative personnel should balance ethical, clinical, and systems coordination issues, that is, risk-benefit-cost, to determine the course of action. For example, when a patient is in critical need of the operative or other invasive procedure and surgery is in progress when the active shooter alarm sounds, the team members may decide that only essential personnel will stay and continue the procedure. This decision may still hamper the procedure and increase the patient's risk for multiple adverse events. For instance, it may be more difficult to obtain additional supplies, for example, surgical instruments, blood products, as other personnel shelter in place. The risk of reoperation also increases because the remaining perioperative team members may be distracted from surgical tasks. Both issues could negate the benefits of continuing with the procedure. Perioperative leaders and the OR team members should weigh these options when creating a protocol. Alternatively, staff members may want to wait for more information before deciding to abort the procedure, especially if the patient is anesthetized. However, waiting also prolongs the anesthesia time and may reduce the amount of time available for personnel to evacuate safely. Finally, if perioperative staff members decide to abort the procedure, it can be done under controlled circumstances. Aborting the procedure increases the number of staff members available for emergency response if needed. Perioperative leaders may choose to use the decision tree to help inform their choices in these situations. Healthcare professionals who have sworn to do no harm through their practice 
may struggle with the idea of abandoning their incapacitated patients. However, staff members should also protect themselves because an uninjured healthcare professional can return to work after the threat is extinguished to provide care and assist with other emergency response duties. In the event of an active shooter and in the face of personal threat of injury or death, the choice to stay or abandon a patient is a highly personal and situational decision. The organization should leave this decision to the individual. If staff members and patients are unable to evacuate, the next best action is for them to separate themselves from the active shooter and barricade. Barricading in a locked room or hiding behind a case cart or an anesthesia machine can provide concealment protection and staying close to the entryway can provide a better vantage point. However, if there is time, it is best for personnel to seek an alternative exit within the barricaded area to remove themselves from the situation. Lastly, if there is confrontation with the shooter, staff members should try to disarm the perpetrator for personal protection. A coordinated group attack that is swift and redirects the perpetrator's attention is the last line of defense and may give others a chance to escape. Healthcare leaders can adapt the incident command system to designate a single decision maker for all critical care areas during an active shooter event. This designee must have a solid understanding of how the incident will affect the delivery of surgical care in all areas of the perioperative suite. This individual would formulate one clear response plan for the facility and make critical decisions using all relevant information, thereby reducing confusion and preventing multiple leaders from creating conflicting plans of action. Healthcare leaders should develop policies and procedures that assist perioperative personnel with decision-making in the event an active shooter is identified as a threat to a facility and to consider including the following in the active shooter preparedness plans. 1. How information will be communicated during and after the attack. 2. How to initiate the emergency response after the attack. And 3. How to determine if patient care can continue after the attack based on the availability of uninjured staff members and the condition of the care areas. For instance, if the attack was in the perioperative suite, the level of violence and damage may prevent the initiation of scheduled procedures in the immediate aftermath.